Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. What's up, Montana? Welcome in. Nuana's now ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television. Thanks so much for being here. Hope you're having a great Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. We got a ton of stuff to go over. I'd say one of the the uh, best parts, especially if you have like a mind that works like mine, about being a sports, being involved in sports, working in sports, being a sports reporter, writer, broadcaster, all of the in between, or all of them, like like we do it between here at ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. It's sort of the rhythm of the season. You, you know exactly when you have to grind. You know when these peaks are going to come, these valleys are going to come, and uh, you just got to kind of hit it. And then all of a sudden, it's all over, and then you got to play a bunch of catch-up. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to play a bunch of catch-up all the way around the state of Montana, around the Big Sky Conference, and around the wider world of sports as well. I feel like we've been 
so jam-packed around here. And it's been awesome. Can't thank you enough, all you great listeners and followers and all our great advertisers and everybody that's supported us. It's been really fun, particularly at this last six or seven months. If you've been following along, I took this thing over solo back in December of 2020. And then uh, the first six months of 2021, we just kind of maintained the the formula that we had uh, that we had. I, I started adding some more interviews and some more contributing guests here at Nuanas now, but we uh, it, it was kind of the format that the old show was. But then we devised this whole new formula. We decided to segment out pretty much the entire show uh, every week. There's sometimes when it ebbs and flows, and there's a little bit of room to breathe, especially on Fridays, like when Rajim Seabrook's in here, but. Uh, it's been a little while since we've been able to, or I guess we, we decided to go all segmented all the time with a ton of different interviews for you. And so I hope you've enjoyed all of that. It seems like you have. You know, the the uh, podcast numbers are through the roof and all the other data analytics tracking that we do. It seems like you guys are really enjoying it. So appreciate you for being here uh, today and throughout the last little while. But here we are now. We got a chance to finally breathe a little bit. Spring sports is on the horizon. You know, spring sports is just objectively different than fall and winter sports because during the fall you know you're always charging up for that big football game on saturday or sunday and during the winter all the sports are so late at night so it just it just makes for some long weeks you know when you, i get off this show at six o'clock on thursday usually head straight over to the adams center uh, and or straight home to watch a game coming out of bozeman whatever we prioritize that night for coverage uh, and the same thing on saturday night so uh spring sports always a refreshing time because you can go check it out and a lot of times it's not late at night. You can still be home for dinner and, you know, have a, a normal bedtime and all that. So hope everybody enjoyed their weekend. It was a phenomenally beautiful weekend. I am just sore beyond belief. I played 18 holes of golf on both Saturday and Sunday. And uh, you forget just the little muscles that you, you don't use doing anything else but golfing. And uh, But it was, it was fun to be back out there. Got to chance to play Larchmont on, on Saturday and uh, Cannon River on Sunday. So that was fun. Hopefully everybody out there had... A uh, good weekend as well, and uh, we're happy to sort of turn the page on what was an unbelievable. Our busy season is always kind of August one. I guess it's usually the last week of July because we usually have the Big Sky kickoff media days for football uh, over in Spokane that last weekend of July. Then we hit hit the ground running, go hard through August for fall camp, and then into football, and then into basketball, and then once the uh, Big Sky teams wrap up in terms of college hoops, then we're sort of into our our slower season where we have a lot more room to breathe. So uh, looking forward to it. We're going to relaunch a, a bunch of different things uh, here, uh, and we're also going to launch some new things as well. I think we're going to have a pretty consistent baseball segment every week. Uh, that'll sort of be a, an evolution of what we've already done, but Jeff Safford, uh, the voice of the Paddleheads, uh, he's sitting in the back. He waves to all of you uh, here on SWX as well as uh, um, ESPN Radio. But he's going to be the voice of the Paddleheads again, so we'll give you weekly updates on the Paddleheads as well as talk some Major League Baseball because uh, I know Andrew Houghton wants to get in, get in on that a little bit as well. Also, the illustrious return of uh, Sean Rainey. He gets uh, pretty bogged down during that same time period. We, we have similar work schedules, but he texted me the other day. He said, hey, it's slowing down a little bit. I want to come in once a week now. So we're planning on Rainey more often than not throughout the next uh, three or four months. He is back for his third annual Sean Rainey baseball divisional preview series he's all jacked up for this he's been texting me all about it so he'll have about 20 minutes worth on each division uh, he'll be here on thursday uh, so that'll be very fun we're also relaunching our senior spotlight for the third year in a row and that'll highlight oh, i don't know between 10 and 15 of the, of the top seniors from around the state of montana 
We'll probably dive into it in, in May and, and run it through the summer. But just weekly interviews with some of the best senior high school athletes around the state. And then we'll also have continued uh, snippets from Andrew's great podcast, Soccer and Snow and Smoke. The Footy 15 will continue. Uh, the River City Runners will continue as well. Also planning a little bit of a softball segment. So long story short, we're going to be busy around here. It should be fun. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. You want to listen in on uh, your mobile device, your cell phone, computer, your tablet, whatever, head on over to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Also, if you want to be a part of the show today or any time, that's the other good part about when we're uh, not doing as many interviews, a little more room to breathe, a little more room to talk to you. So what sports stories do you want to hear about? What sports do you want commentary on? Or what do you want to talk about? You got questions, comments about anything, let us know. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. All guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. You can call and uh, text th- those numbers. So we're going to go around the world of Montana sports here today. Usually the first hour of Monday's show is either the Montana football and or basketball hour. We're going to talk about pretty much all of the sports <laughs> during this first hour here. Uh, we'll take you around the world of Montana sports here uh, during the first segment. And then segment number two, uh, Andrew Houghton and I will go back and forth talking about who we think, if we were picking the the awards internally for the Grizz and Bobcat men's and women's basketball teams, who would we pick? Who do we think was the Grizz men's MVP or uh, you know the Bobcat women's most improved player? Uh, some commentary maybe on some young rising talent that we can't wait to see develop into the future. So we'll do a little Cat Grizz hoops in segment two, and we'll give you a little round the big sky in hoops in segment three because uh, a couple different storylines coming out of the league, including maybe a potential rebuild at Idaho State after their women went back-to-back in the Big Sky Conference for regular season championships, but went one and done in the most recent Big Sky tournament. A bunch of, of uh, bangles into the portal. And also, Southern Utah, <laughs> in their last year in the Big Sky, is the last Big Sky team playing. They play Fresno State tonight in the semifinals of the uh, College Basketball Classic. I'm still getting that one into the rhythm because, well, it didn't exist before this year. I think it was a tournament of a different name uh, before they called it the College Basketball Classic. But either way, we'll take you around some of the, the storylines of the Big Sky Conference basketball season as it's almost to its completion. Uh, it will certainly be over by this next weekend uh, because Southern Utah plays tonight in the semis of that tournament. If they were to win, they'd play in the championship game. I believe it's either Friday or Saturday. Uh, we'll get that for you uh, as well. And then hour number two, we're going to go all the way around the world of sports broadly outside of the state of Montana. A discussion to be had certainly about perhaps uh, the biggest or at least the most hyped Duke, North Carolina of all time. The last one definitively for Mike Krzyzewski and uh, a final four game between two of the fiercest rivals in college sports. Plus we got a couple other blue bloods, Villanova and Kansas into the final four. What does it all mean? I think there's some interesting storylines more than just Coach K's last dance, although that is a pretty epic storyline uh, all in itself. Then we'll also talk World Cup because uh, the United States basically officially qualified today, and that's something we're going to be talking about a lot this summer, especially given uh, Andrew's soccer acumen. And uh, we're also going to talk about the new documentary, excuse me, the new uh, the series, the new series I'm watching, uh, Winning Time, uh, HBO series, all about the construction and origin of the Showtime Lakers of the 1980s. It's very good. Very well done. 
Well, first, I, I guess we've already been rambling for 10 minutes here now on ESPN Radio. We are broadcasting to you live through the Northwest Motorsport Studio. You can always find amazing savings at Northwest Motorsport. Check out the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest by visiting nwmsrocks.com. They have the largest selection of lifted trucks, diesel trucks, SUVs, and more. Take back control of the road with Northwest Motorsport. we got to start... As we dive into, I, we're just going to call this the All Sports Around Montana Hour, the, uh, the All Around Montana Sports Hour, presented in part by the Advocates. Have you been injured in an accident that wasn't your fault? The Advocates can help. You can call 406-640-4444 today and speak to an attorney at no cost. You deserve an advocate. Before we get into anything that happened around uh, the wider world of sports, either in Montana or abroad, <laughs> we talk about Twitter a lot around here. Because Twitter and sports media kind of go hand in hand. For, for sure, the, the number one social media we use at both Skyline Sports as well as here at ESPN Missoula is Twitter. You can follow us uh, at 1029 ESPN or at Skyline Sports MT. And uh, so we're on Twitter a lot. It's kind of the way that we distribute our content, our news, and our features, our podcasts. It's also a way that we interact with a lot of you, and it's a way that we gather a lot of our information as well. <laughs> well, last night, perhaps uh, the the most conducive to Twitter uh, pop culture occurrence that I could ever remember and something that had me laughing in my bed looking at Twitter until like one in the morning last night. Uh, last Yesterday afternoon, I get home uh, from playing golf. And uh, for those following along, myself and Andrew, our producer, uh, we live together. And uh, I, I get home, I put my clubs inside. And Andrew's like, you got to see this. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? He hands me his phone. He's like, watch this. What just happened at the Oscars? He's like, Will Smith just slapped the taste out of Chris Rock's mouth. I'm like, what? Started watching the thing. Well, that was the first of maybe 1,000 times I watched this video. I then left my house to go with another good friend of the show, Kyle Sample, uh, to the Moat Club, uh, have, have ourselves a little Missoula Club burger on a Sunday night after golf. It's kind of a tradition of ours. And... Uh, we're just sitting here, and Sample's like, I'm sorry if I don't talk to you this whole dinner because I, I got to watch this. I'm like, dude, it's cool. Let's just compare Twitter notes. And we just sat there and just laughed and laughed and laughed. And this is just, uh, I mean, for those that haven't seen the whole thing, Chris Rock hosted the Academy Awards last night. He told a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith's longtime spouse, longtime wife. Uh, the joke was somewhere along the lines of a G.I. Jane joke, G.I. Jane, the famous late 90s movie with Demi Moore, in which Demi Moore famously and infamously shaved her head. Well, Jada Pickett-Smith, side note, uh, has been suffering from alopecia, which is a uh, some sort of a disease that makes your hair fall out. Um, and so the bald joke may be a little tasteless by Chris Rock, but regardless, he's a stand-up comedian that's trying to host an award show, and it wasn't like that crazy offensive of a joke. But Will Smith gets up on stage, and as this is transpiring in real time and or while you're watching it in replay, you're sitting there thinking, huh, well, maybe this is a bit. These guys are both funny. These guys are both comedians. And then Will Smith slaps Chris Rock so hard. <laughs> and then they turn the sound off because I think the producers probably had the 10-second delay on. They know that uh, something's going down. This is not on the script, so they turn the sound off. But the sound remained on on a variety of international broadcasts of the Academy Awards. <laughs> and so basically Chris Rock is like, What's going on? Man, it was just a joke. 
And then he like almost goes into more jokes about Will Smith and, and Jada Pinkett Smith. He does it. He holds his tongue. And then he's like, man, I think y'all just witnessed the greatest moment in TV history. And I, I can't help but argue with him. Andrew, you blew my mind when we watched this, but now I've seen it a thousand more times. This is one of those uh, largely, if you really think about it, bigger meaning, largely irrelevant moments, but just one in pop culture where everybody today is talking about it is just so shocking and so outrageous. Yeah, I don't know whether it was the moment itself or the discourse that spiraled out of it, but man, if you wanted to get everybody's attention, what about something like this? First of all, just the moment itself. I was on Twitter because I was looking for, I wasn't watching the Oscars. I was just on Twitter scrolling, whatever, caught up with my reactions from that United States men's soccer team game, and then boom, right at the top of the feed, Will Smith just slapped Chris Rock. And then I was looking for video of it, looking for, you know how it goes on Twitter. You're always looking, you're like, is this a bit? Is Did somebody just make this up and put it out there? Where's the video? First of all, the moment itself, man, you could almost believe it was a bit because just the way Will Smith was marching up there. For sure. And, and Chris Rock, uh, he was so shocked that he actually smiled initially. Yeah. I also thought he showed, like, incredible discipline by, one, not going after Will Smith and or, like, just reacting in any sort of way besides calmly. It was actually probably the Academy Award-winning performance of the night was Chris Rock not going off the rails. It looked like it, it was for both of them. You almost kind of reminded by, like, how, how good of performers both of these guys are because Will Smith marched up there like an action hero, laid it down. You have the iconic picture <laughs> of him, like, following through on the slap. It looks like a scene from a film or something. And then, yeah, Chris Rock just smiling his his little Chris Rock smile after that and deciding not to go for it, not to just start making more jokes. Incredible. Then you have Will Smith walking back to his seat and hollering up at him. That was incredible. That was the part where I knew it was real, though. Right. Because if it was right. a bit, Will Smith, I mean, Will, they Will would have stayed in. up there and they would have, like, joked right. about it. Right. Yeah. And Will Smith was, like, screaming obscenities that were, like, echoing. And the reaction of the people around him were so authentic. You're like, yeah, no, this isn't a bit. Will Smith's actually like, really, really bad. Lupita Nyong'o's face in the background <laughs> so of good. Will Smith when he's screaming stuff. That's what it's like, oh, man. He just slapped Chris Rock for real. He really did. Yeah, it was uh, it was an amazing moment in time. I, I I think one thing that Sample and I were both agreeing on as we discussed this last night was, um, it, it was a, a shocking, outrageous, and hilarious moment in the midst of an award ceremony for actors, and I think that's all that it is. Everybody out, not everybody, but a lot of people out there, especially in the Twitter sphere, where people get pretty smart pretty quick, they all are trying to. Think of all these deeper meanings for all this. And I really don't think that that's it at all. That's what I'm talking about. Everybody had to have a reaction right. to right. it. Right, right. If you just watch the video again, when Chris Rock says the joke about Jada Pinkett, they zoom in on Jada Pinkett at Will Smith's table, and Will Smith laughs initially. And Jada Pinkett is not happy. She is mad. And then I think Will Smith realizes, oh, man, my wife's mad. I got to go help her <laughs> and gets up there and just kind of snaps and then just slaps him. And uh, that, that was about it. Which is, I think we should mention this, which is her right, right? Like For it's sure. Jada Pinkett Smith's right to be offended. But like this is a medical condition that she has. That's sure. why, uh, you know, she shaved her head and everything. Like she's right. To, she, she has the right to be offended about that joke for sure. I, I totally agree. I also think though, it's just like the great, for those out there that watch the shop, LeBron James's uh, talk show from a barber shop. Probably the best, at least my most memorable moment from that, and there's a lot of them. It's really good. It's a really good insight into LeBron himself, where he came from, 
but they also talk about so many different sensitive things, race in America, the role of, of prominent black celebrities, both men and women in America. It's a really thoughtful and really interesting show. But one of the, the best and most entertaining moments is when Jamie Foxx is on the show and uh, LeBron and, and Maverick Carter are asking Jamie Foxx all these questions. And Jamie Foxx is like, man, when I first started as a performer in L.A., and I wasn't necessarily like famous around the country, but I was just kind of locally famous, he said my whole mode of operating was, you know, drink a little drink, smoke a little smoke, go up on stage, roast people, everybody laughed, and now if I roast people and I offend somebody, I might get canceled. I might lose my job. And he's like, what's the point of being a stand-up comedian? So I do think there's a certain element to it there. But as far as the deeper meanings of all this stuff, I don't really know, man. I think that the only deeper meaning you can really think of is the like Will Smith's reached that point where he's been so famous for so long that he's just like transcendently famous. And I just don't think that's good for anybody. But beyond that, I think it was just a simple like couple. I think the other thing worth mentioning is those guys know each other. Like they they have worked together a bunch that's like right. I, if it, they're just like kind of acquaintances, I don't think you do that. I think you go slap him because you're like, that's my brother, man. Like, I know that guy. Yeah, or is like there's some deeper history there? Sure. Regardless, I think that the people that are trying to make this into some sort of deal, I think I think it really was just like a completely outrageous moment, and there's like not really anything to it besides that it's just a bad joke about his wife. He just got mad. Yeah, I mean, even even beyond that, I mean, the, the only thing that I'm taking away from that, and it's so funny, like we're talking about, to see something like this blow up on Twitter where everybody is trying to have a take. And I, I, I saw a tweet, and, I, you know, this is sort of splitting hairs, but the thing is now everything that happens, somebody's got to take a side, right? For sure. Somebody's right. got to take a side. Like, was this good? Was this bad? You saw so much of that. I just thought seeing Will Smith, one of the most famous people in the world. For sure. Slap Chris Rock. It was just entertaining, man. It, it, it was, was just. It was just I know there's stuff to talk about. Whatever. It was just. It was just a crazy one of a kind moment. Yeah, gotta love it. We'll come back to this later on in the show. I'm actually. I'm. I guarantee you, we're going to talk about this later on in this show, but also later on this week because you know, Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports, is going to want to spend a lot of time on this for sure. It's new on us now. ESPN Radio. This is our all around Montana sports hour. Uh, we usually do the Montana football and or basketball hour. But we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, that's going on. First and foremost, thanks uh, to Brett's RV and Marine for hosting us last week. We were down there on Thursday and Friday for uh, one of their uh, big initial spring sales, their their first big sale of the year each year. So it was fun being down there hanging out, checking out all the RVs. And our traveling radio show continues. We'll be in Bozeman on Friday. Uh, my car drama continues. We'll save that story for later on in the week. But I'm hopeful that I can go pick up said car uh, in Butte on Thursday and that it will be running. Uh, but I've also been uh, invited to do a little something with the Montana State football team and also check out some spring practice. So we'll get to that later in the week. But we'll be coming to you from Bozeman on Friday. And uh, we're also going to have some Grizz spring ball uh, coverage for you this week as well. Both teams are into the sort of height of spring ball. And... Uh, we're going to send Andrew uh, down to practice on Wednesday, so he'll have some impressions for you uh, later on in the week. And uh, probably going to hear from at least one, if not several, of the quarterbacks for the University of Montana that are currently in a quarterback battle, the, the main contenders being uh, Lucas Johnson, the transfer from San Diego State to Montana, and then Daniel Britt, a young man out of Las Vegas who came in highly touted as a, a prep prospect and then registered last year. Uh, he's certainly in the mix as well. 
coming to you on ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. The all-around Montana Sports Hour presented by the Advocates. If you've been in an accident, you probably have a ton of questions. The Advocates have the answers. Call 406-640-4444 today and get the help that you deserve. Let's take a look at some of the stuff uh, outside of spring football because we're going to have a lot of spring football coverage this week. Probably have some interviews from the Montana State side of things when we're on campus there. We'll also have interviews uh, from the Grizz side of things, efforting at least a, an assistant coach uh, to join us here on Nuanas now. And then we'll also probably hear from the quarterbacks and then maybe, depending on how the timing works, uh, an offensive lineman. We'll have some more interview stuff for you next week out of Grizz practice as well. But let's take a look at some of the other happenings around the state of Montana. A whole bunch of cool stuff going on. So here's just kind of your your bullet points of stuff that's happened over the last week or so that we're going to continue to talk about here uh, moving forward as we move into the spring. First, we mentioned it last week in the Treasure State Stars, but worth noting again because it's, it's just amazing. And I think that when you really break it down uh, across all the different factors that go into greatness, she might be the greatest athlete that's from Montana competing right now, and she's certainly one of them. It's Catherine Burkoff from, from Missoula. She's a Missoula Hellgate alum. She had perhaps the most decorated high school career I've ever been a part of observing. She won a state title in every single race that she swam in high school, 16 state titles. I believe I, this might have changed in the last couple of years since she graduated from Hellgate, so don't fully quote me on it. But I do believe that she was the state record holder in every single one of those races as well. So utterly dominant during her high school career at Missoula Hellgate. Then she takes her talents to the ACC. She's been swimming at North Carolina State the last three years. And she's now up to 13 different All-American honors, four different national championships. And how about this? She doubled down last week, swam the fastest 50-yard and the fastest 100-yard backstrokes by an American woman ever. That's right, a new United States record in the 150-meter backstroke, 50-yard, excuse me, backstrokes for Catherine Burkoff of Missoula. So that's pretty amazing. She was one place off from advancing to the finals of the Olympic trials where she would have been in the mix to make the Olympic team last time around. I think if she could maintain her current level, she's going to be an Olympian, and that's pretty amazing coming from Missoula, Montana. So uh, we are efforting Catherine Burkoff. Burkoff. I have a, a message in to NC State sports information so hopefully we can track her down because that'd be very fun to talk to her and talk to her about all her experiences all the way across the country and and sort of representing for missoula and for hellgate another cool one jake sanderson young man who we've talked about on this show several times he uh is from whitefish he's been playing college hockey at the university of north dakota which is if you follow college hockey is certainly one of the premier uh, programs in the united states They've had like 250 NHL players over the last 25 years. It's an absolute factory. And now they have another one. He just signed a, uh entry-level contract with the Ottawa Senators. So I believe that Jake Sanderson, the first native Montanan to make it to the NHL. So if so, very cool. If not, uh, he's one of a very few. But uh, to the Ottawa Senators, pretty amazing. Kid from Whitefish, Montana, uh, only a sophomore at UND. So uh, safe to say he's probably not going back to college, probably going to take that contract and, and keep on skating. Another guy we mentioned who we're going to be uh, efforting to have on the show probably next month, uh, Alex Singleton, a guy who's a friend of this show, a uh, guy who – Played at Montana State and uh, then most recently played for the Philadelphia Eagles, but he signed with the Denver Broncos. Uh, seems like a good change of scenery for a West Coast guy. He's from Thousand Oaks, California, right outside L.A., 
And I know he's got some ties there in Colorado as well. So I know he's got some buddies, some former Bobcat guys that live down there too. So uh, we'll hear from Alex probably sooner than later, as we will with Mike Person. He's a Glendive native, former All-American offensive lineman at Montana State, played nine years in the NFL, and now starting his coaching career. He's an assistant with the Miami Dolphins. So this is a, an interesting opportunity with Mike McDaniel taking over there uh, in Miami. McDaniel was at San, in San Francisco, and, and Mike Person played the first part of his career and the last part of his career with the 49ers. So uh, we'll probably hear from Mike Person uh, pretty soon here. Still waiting on the announcement of when the Grizz Pro Day is going to be for football, but I'm imagining it's going to be next week just because Montana State's is also next week, and they usually like to try to get the scouts go one place or the other first and second, you know, just a day or two apart so they can just make the drive and and make it worth it. I expect probably, usually there's like six to eight scouts at these things. Um, There used to be, you know, when I was in college and the Grizz had pro prospects galore, like Mark Mariani, Shan Schillinger, Corey Bierman, Tremaine Johnson, there was most NFL teams would come out to the Grizz Pro Day. Uh, Since I've been back in Missoula, it's usually a half a dozen scouts or so. Montana State, same thing, usually actually really more like four to six at MSU. But uh, I expect there to be a ton of of pro scouts at the pro days, particularly at, at Montana State. Don't know how much Troy Anderson's going to do, but I'm sure he's going to be there. And uh, I think as a guy who's going to almost certainly be a uh, top 75 draft pick, I think that um, he will uh, he'll draw some. And I think Daniel Hardy is a guy that's an under-the-radar guy, but I think if he has a good pro day, I think he might get drafted to the defensive end for Montana State. So I'd imagine then, though, that the Grizz pro day will be uh, within the same scope of time. So Monday in Bozeman, I imagine the Grizz pro day will be someday, uh, sometime next week, just awaiting the official announcement uh, from the university. One other fun tease for the week, we're going to start start to dive into some men's tennis coverage. I think that men's tennis at the Big Sky Conference level and at the two Montana schools gets a lot less coverage than maybe it deserves, especially this particular year. The Montana State men's team, they moved to 4-0 in Big Sky Conference play over the weekend, and they're 14-6 and overall. They're ranked in the top 70 in the country in the national poll, so pretty impressive. And then the Montana team, they're in number 66 in the poll this week. They've been as high as number 61. They are 3-0 and in league play, and they're 11-1 overall. Grizz... Men are also dominating at home. They've won 26 out of their last 28 after a victory this last weekend. So impressive by them. And uh, we're expecting Jason Brown and perhaps a player as well. That's the Grizz uh, head tennis coach in studio on Wednesday. So that'll be fun. And uh, also probably going to hear from Trey Morris, uh, the new head tennis coach at Montana State. Probably play that for you on Friday. So we'll give you a little insight on the the two tennis programs at the D1 level uh, here in the state of Montana. We had Melanie Michael from the Grizz softball team on last week previewing their Big Sky Conference opening weekend. And the Grizz, they lost both games Saturday in a doubleheader to Portland State, 3-2 and 4-3. But they did bounce back with a nice 5-4 win Sunday. So Grizz off to a 1-2 and start on Big Sky Conference play. There was uh, several Big Sky events in and around Missoula. The Al Manuel Invite, which is kind of the kickoff to the outdoor season, was here uh, in Missoula. And Montana State, a banner day. The Bobcat men and women, they're both picked second in the outdoor preseason polls, and they, they look like it. Uh, they are just running laps around the Grizz when it comes to track and field right now, and they're doing a great job. And so sort of an under-the-radar. They have a almost, I would venture to say, historic group of athletes there right now, uh, just a variety of, of athletes that are pushing 
school records, Big Sky records, and national marks. So we'll continue to talk about the Bobcat track team. Maybe we'll maybe circle back around to them uh, a little later. And last thing uh, for our – actually, two more things to, to highlight here. As we go all the way around the state of Montana here, it's the uh, the Montana Sports Hour here on Nuanas Now, proudly presented uh, by the Advocates. A couple wrestling notes. Uh, Aiden Graves of Sydney, one of the great wrestlers to come out of Montana. He won his fourth state championship uh, at 160 pounds this last year, making him, I, I believe, one of 38 um, wrestlers to ever get the elusive four-time state title, winning state titles your, your freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior years. And he also competed at a, a national meet uh, over the weekend, and he took sixth in the senior division. So uh, very impressive for him. And then the last thing worth noting, we haven't got around too much um, state championship swimming in the state of Montana, but the uh, <laughs> everything they touch is turning into gold right now. Sentinel, their Missoula Sentinel's run to the football championship back-to-back years has gotten a ton of publicity, and um, their burgeoning dynasty in track and field, the girls have won three of the last four state titles, and the guys have won two out of the last three. Those That's got a lot of coverage as well. But quietly, Sentinel has also been champions in boys cross country, boys golf. And how about this? Sentinel had never won a state swimming team trophy ever. Not Never placed top three in the history of the school. And they earned their first trophy by winning the class double A title last month. So uh, pretty impressive. They did a great job down there at Sentinel cultivating a uh, an environment of, of healthy competition and, and high expectations, and I think that's why you see them thriving in just an unbelievable uh, variety of sports. Nuance is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. We're going to go all basketball now. The Montana Basketball Hour continues, presented by the Advocates. If you've been in an accident, you probably have a ton of questions. The Advocates have the answers. Call 406-640-4444 today and get the help you deserve. Who do we think were the... MVPs, Defensive Player of the Year's, Most Improved Players for the four Division I basketball teams, two men's, two women's, in the state of Montana. We'll tell you right after this. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. What's up, Montana? One of my favorite songs we play around here. We try to not repeat the music too much, but, you know, there's some that is just too good, especially since Isaac Brock has Montana ties. I always want to keep reminding you that. A little modest mouse for you here on a Monday. Hope you're having an outstanding start to your week. 
I've been trying to do our taxes. I know you're saying, why are you so late? We ran our fiscal year at Skyline Sports for the first like six years as a company from March to March. And now we're doing it in a little different fashion, but we're still trying to catch up. And uh, man, being an adult, it's tough, but I uh, appreciate having resources and, and friends in the industry. So thanks to Colin and Pat and the boys at Boyle, Devaney, and Meyer. They get their, their two free mentions a year. And it's not free because they, they do a lot of work on our taxes for it. But I appreciate the Boyle boys for, for helping us out. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television, the uh, All Montana Sports Hour. Going to dive into some Montana Basketball Hour right now. It's presented by the Advocates. If you've been in an accident, you deserve an advocate. You probably have a ton of questions. The Advocates have all the answers. Call four four excuse me four zero six six four zero four 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 today and get the help you deserve. The Advocates, proud presenter of the first hour of every Monday show uh, here at. Nuanas now. We bring in now Andrew Houghton, our producer here at ESPN Radio, as well as a contributing writer at SkylineSportsMT.com. And he was at quite a few um, college basketball games here in the state of Montana, mostly here in Missoula, but also covered the Cats uh, a couple times and saw them most recently in Boise. And uh, so we're going to do a little uh, internal awards. Like, who would we think are the internal award winners for? Montana and Montana State in men's and women's basketball. Who would we think is the the team MVP, for example, or the team defensive player of the year? So we'll kind of just go uh, back and forth. And let's start with the ladies first. So we'll start with the Montana State women because they were the Big Sky Conference tournament champions. They were the ones that played most recently. Uh, Unfortunately, they got drilled by Stanford, lost by 41 points. But a good year for Montana State and a great run through the Big Sky tournament. I think we probably both have the same answer here, uh, Andrew, but your MVP for the Montana State women. Darian White? Yeah, it's a no-brainer. I mean, she, I thought she should have been the MVP of the league. She was the MVP of the league tournament, uh, justifiably so. And uh, so, yeah, I think that's... I think that's pretty much the only way you could have gone. Yeah, and should we have that discussion? We've kind of danced around it, but just as far as her not being the MVP of the league this year. Uh, yeah, I thought it was shoved right. I mean, we've actually seen this a couple times where yeah. a player that maybe thought they deserved it didn't get it, and then it spurred them on to basically show the league that they deserved it. I mean, Ahmad Rory was a great example yep. of his senior year. I don't know if you actually – let's say it like this. Darian White had a much bigger argument to be the league MVP this year than Ahmad Rory did his senior year, although Ahmad Rory was very good his senior year. There was just some other worthy candidates as well. I mean, Jordan Davis was like a top-five scorer in the country that year. So yeah. there was a couple other good resumes. But then Rory kind of put on a show, though, and, I mean, he diced – he had his best game of his career in the semis against Weaver to just destroy them and then led Montana past Eastern. You know, he locked up Bogdan Blizniuk in the, in the championship game there, and it, it was just uh, all over but the crying. So I, we have seen it in the past, but I did think it was very short-sighted. I, I think that sometimes there's a difference between the most outstanding player and most valuable player. I mean, Leona Tillman averaged more than 20 points per game and more than six assists per game at Sac State. I believe she was one of only two Division One players in the current country. Caitlin Clark. Yeah, of, of Iowa. Yeah. I, I, I think they were one of only two to do that. And so she certainly deserved, like, postseason recognition, but her team went 10-10. and 10, And then they got whipped by the 10 seed in, in the first, first round of the game. tournament. Yeah. So I, I thought Leona Tillman's, her... her uh, her abilities and her downfalls were on full display in that game in Boise. I think she scored 
like 25 points against Weber, but I think it took 25 shots to get there. It was like her in a nutshell. Like she kept on competing. She's a great player, but I think that uh, Darren White just does so much. Uh, yeah, I for thought her it, squad. I thought it really laid bare sort of that discrepancy between the player with the best stats and who's a really good player and the player who's just the best player and actually contributes uh, really visibly to winning. And I'm not saying that Liana Tillman didn't do that because sure. I think that Sac State team without her would have been uh, one of the worst teams in the conference, although having Izzy Natabo there kind of maybe argues against that. For sure. Um, but just sort of the... The contrast between those two things. Okay, so that was a sort of a no-brainer, but we'll go through these, and we'll do a little bit. That was a good debate to have because we, you're right. We hadn't really hashed that out, but we'll go through these a little bit more quickly here on Nuanas Now. Montana Basketball Hour presented by the Advocates. Uh, how about the Lady Grizz? Who, who did you think was the Lady Grizz team MVP this year? I said Carmen G. Feller. I was hoping you are going to say that because I do think there's an interesting debate to be had here. She is certainly one of the worthy candidates. And I she, think they're, she was a first-team all-league player. Yeah, but they had a, they had a number of players who were right right up there and sort of were were all team leaders and who all put up stats and who all had different roles. So it's kind of tough to you know split hairs among them. I was uh, really so I'll, I'll just I'll say this: my MVP of the Lady Grizz is Sophia Styles. She's also my most improved player for the Lady Grizz because. Uh, and I, I will, I'll say this: I, I think that I was probably as as uh, critical of Sophia Styles uh, as anybody during her career with the Lady Grizz, only because I've watched her since she was in high school. I saw the flashes of what she could be, and a lot of the reasons she wasn't, you know, an All Conference caliber player until this year was because of all of the volatility within the Lady Grizz program. So a lot of it was completely out of her control. But I thought that. You know, Travis DeCure has his famous line, which he says so often, our greatest strengths are our greatest weaknesses. I think that Sophia Styles, uh, one of her greatest strengths as a player is how fiery she can be, how emotional she can be. It's also one of her greatest weaknesses because if she can't harness her emotions. I thought she did such an incredible job of focusing and harnessing her emotions the last six games of her senior year. And what else better could you say about somebody than that they played their best basketball of their career and basically had winning moments and I know that the Lady Grizz got drilled in the first round of the Big Sky Tournament, but they did play their way into a bye after having their backs against the wall by having a couple signature wins. You know, beating Southern Utah at home handily, uh, beating Montana State, the rival, to snap a losing streak to the, the uh, Bobcats. Uh, I thought that um, Styles harnessed it, and she she looked the second half of conference play her senior year what I always thought she could be. And, and, and so I thought that she made a... a drastic improvement to get to that point. And uh, I also thought that uh, she was the most important player for uh, the Lady Grizz down the stretch, even though Carmen G. Filler is probably their best player. Yeah, it's definitely a good argument. I see what you're saying there. Sophia Styles did have a ton of responsibility for them, too, because not only was she handling the ball, it's like you said, I mean, she was sort of the emotional leader of that team. Yeah. And it's not only that her emotions influenced how she played, it was oftentimes influenced how the rest of that team played. Exactly. And I also have, I I think I would put Sophia Styles as their defensive player of the year. And she, she was right up there. I mean, she's she's a good, long, athletic guard, pressures the ball. So when, when you put that, I mean, she could definitely be up there. I just thought Carmen G. Feller, the amount of ways that she could score and when they made an effort to get her the ball in the spots where she could score, I thought she was one of the more devastating offensive players in the league. I think that's right. Yeah, she. I mean, she's certainly their best player for sure. And uh, t- per Defensive Player of the Year, I cheated on this one. 
I won't say who, but I did ask some people in the program, and they said that Abby Anderson was certainly Fair. the most important defensive player and that their whole – the thing about the Lady Grizz is they were – defensively this year, they were a sum of their parts in a really good way because I think that Styles can, can be an elite defender. I think she's an above-average defender most of the time. Anderson can be elite. I think she was pretty above average. Sammy Facken, same thing. And G. Feller, maybe not that great of a defensive player, but but she's smart enough to be able to, you know, if she's working as a mecha- in part of a mechanism, she she's pretty okay. And But I think that their actual team defense as a whole was the sum of their parts in a very positive fashion. But to be able to do that and lead the league in scoring defense, you have to have a rim protector and you have to have a big that can sort of be athletic and, and move through screens and things like that. And that's what Abby Anderson was. I think that's right. I think just in summary, I would say that, and maybe this is an argument against Carmen G. Feller, I thought their offense revolved around Sophia Styles and their defense, like you said, did revolve around Abby Anderson. Yeah, for sure. New Orleans now ESPN Radio, the Montana Basketball Hour presented by the Advocates doing our uh, internal team awards. We're not obviously giving these. This is just who we thought were some of the standouts from uh, the Grizz and Lady Grizz. We're kind of going all over the place just talking about this. But uh, on the Bobcat side, I think it's also a no-brainer. I think Darian White's the Defensive Player of the Year for the MSU women. That's right. Because she was the Defensive Player of the Year in the Big Sky. And she's the best defensive player in the league That's by, right. by a lot, I think. So uh, that's a good one. Uh, how about for the uh, men? Let's do men's here um, on the let's go Grizz men who did you think the team MVP was Josh Bannon I agree Josh Bannon is exactly right and I think by the end of the season that was a pretty easy choice I think so too I think that the number one group of people that needs to fully realize that is the Grizz roster themselves that's one of their biggest tasks in the offseason I think is to someone I don't know if it's Travis Takir or Josh Bannon or the team at large somewhere along the lines they got to figure out how to say Josh Bannon is our is the dude, and we're going to build everything around Bannon. I don't know if it's him taking the next step, so it's just definitive and affirmative, and nobody has to say anything. Or I don't know if it's Takir saying, "Hey, this guy put in the work. Uh, we're going to run everything through him." Or I don't know if it's the players just being like, man, this guy's so good now, maybe he's can carry us. But I, I just think he needs to become a dude. Yeah, and I think the great thing about basketball is that you don't have to explicitly say it, right? I think we saw this a lot in those late-game moments later in the year, that was the guy that they were going to to try to stop runs, to try to close games off. I think basketball is so great because that happens organically. I mean, players recognize it when they're on the court. This is the guy that we need to go to, and I think that did happen a little bit for the Grizz, too. As we're moving along here, I I, I also abandon as the most improved player for the, a, for the Grizz. That's interesting. So my defensive player of the year, I'm sure for the Grizz, is the same as you, Brandon, Brandon Whitney. Whitney. Yeah. I also had Brandon Whitney as my most improved player because I thought that the, interesting. Fact, the fact that he could maintain double-figure scoring, which, it, you know, everything comes with a little bit of a skewed lens in Travis DeCure's system. Like, for example... I believe Michael Ogine is the only freshman in the history of Travis DeCure's ten- tenure to average double-figure scoring. Until Brandon Whitney did it, and then he scored double figures again as a sophomore, and then he was became one of the better perimeter defenders in the league. So I thought that his improvement was, was very good. We both have him as the Defensive Player of the Year. Bobcat men, I'm sure we have the same Defensive Player of the Year, Bello. Bello, Because yes. he the, Jabril Bello was the Defensive Player of the Year in the league. Um, I also think, though, that... Uh, I have a different MVP. Jabril Bello was the MVP of the Big Sky. I think Xavier Bishop's Montana State's MVP. I agree with you. I think that Jabril Bello would tell you that too, though. Bello is a beast. He's the biggest physical force in the league. He's also so limited offensively. He couldn't get any of his shots without Xavier Bishop. So I think that, you know, 
everything that Bellow does offensively, he owes to his point guard. And Xavier Bishop just sets so much of the tone for that team, which is like, you know, we're talking intangibles here. Whatever, Jabril Bellow's kind of, he's a quiet guy. I mean, he's a loud player. I mean, when he dunks, it's, for sure. <laughs> that gets you fired up. For sure. But Xavier Bishop, I mean, the way he's buzzing around the court, he's getting in everybody's jersey, he's smiling all the time, he's talking to people. I just thought that was so important, and I thought that that team took on a lot of that character. It wasn't wasn't really a tough choice for me picking him as, as their MVP this year. Xavier Bishop's so funny. Yeah. Uh, when we were talking about the Chris Rock, Will Smith thing, I literally thought to myself last night, I wonder if Xavier Bishop's tweeted about this because I love Xavier Bishop's take on this because Xavier Bishop's is so funny the way he describes everything. Uh, we're on SWX Montana television right now, and Alex Eshelman, uh, who contributes once a week around here, is part of the Montana State Minute. She's a reporter, uh, sports reporter there at SWX. She had a great fun video where she let Carter Ash, who's a walk-on for the Bobcats, interview a couple of his teammates from the airport. She was traveling with the team down to San Diego for the NCAA tournament. And the bit between Xavier Bishop and Jabril Bello where they're fighting over who sucks worse at Fortnite is just classic because Xavier Bishop's just this fast-talking, you know, dude from from Springfield, Illinois, who's just a million miles a minute. And Jabril Bello, like Andrew says, kind of this understated, quiet guy with this British accent. And it, it was just... It was, it was too good. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. All right, so we got the Grizz MVP. We got all the MVPs done. We got all the uh, Defensive Players of the Year done. Uh, we did most improved for the Grizz men um, and the uh, Lady Grizz. Uh, how about for the MSU side of things? Did you have definitive answers for who are the uh, the most approved players on the Bobcat side of things. I thought for the women they did, and that was Cola Bad Bear. I, I'm, I'm right there with who you. Who went from sort of a rotation post to all-conference caliber and, and really uh, deserving all-conference tournament team. I thought she took even another step up in the conference tournament. But even before that, type of player who's just able to be a little bit more of a mismatch on offense because yep. she's expanded her game. She can take it out to the perimeter. She can still post you up. And just able to to play a little bit more, whether that's uh, dealing with foul trouble a little bit better. I th- I thought she was pretty clear for the women's side. On the men, I, I don't know, man. I I penciled in. I, I thought Jabril Bello took a big big step up he this did, year, but other sure. than that, yeah, I don't know. Uh, my guy on the Montana State men was Nick Gazelis, okay, because he was a junior college guy last year. He's a little hesitant, and uh, he had some big shots. He had a bunch of big shots Definitely. in the Big Sky Championship game. You actually wrote a feature about uh, he and Tyler Patterson and their ability to sort of give the Bobcats breathing room in that championship game against Northern Colorado. So I had Gazales as my most approved player on the men's, and I had two for women. I agree with Cole Badbear, and I also had Leah Beatty, who I thought emerged into a legitimate, you know, borderline all-conference player, and I think if she takes the next step, she could be an all-conference player next year. So talking about that, I had her marked down for our, our next and, and last question. For I thought, sure. looking at the stats, Leah Beatty really did take a big step up this year. I mean, double-digit score are right up near there. Yeah, well, last note on Cola Badbear before we get into our last category, which is players we are most excited to see grow this offseason. The 46th annual powwow uh, at Montana State there was there this uh, weekend in Bozeman. Very cool. It's an event I've attended several times because of several different personal connections to it. Uh, beautiful, awesome tribute to Native American culture. They hadn't had it in person in a couple of years because of COVID, so very exciting to have it back. But Cola Badbear uh, was honored there and she also uh performed there uh i i some sort of uh indigenous dancing i believe fancy dancing but i don't quote beyond that some sort of um 
traditional dancing. At her, though, uh, sort of the moment of the, the powwow, at least from our perspective, from a sports perspective, is they, they did an announcement and they honored Ryan Davis, who was a tight end for the Bobcat football team, uh, one of the only Native American football players at the Division One level anywhere in the country, and a guy who was uh, sort of the heart and soul of that Bobcat team, great leader for them, and, uh, and a Billings native like Bad Bear. And uh, then they honored Bad Bear, and they also honored Raekwon Battle, who uh, is a guy who comes from western Washington, but has really seemed to found, find a home uh, in Bozeman. And very cool just to watch the videos and uh, just watch, you know, I mean, Brick Breeden was basically packed to the gills and giving them a standing ovation, sort of honoring them, and, and them getting to sort of carry the torch for their people uh, in the Division One level. Really cool. It was a really cool moment. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. So we're kind of up against this, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to come back, and we have one last category, the players for both the Bobcat and Grizz men's and women's basketball teams who we're most excited to watch grow in the offseason. We'll answer that for you and a couple other notes around the Big Sky Conference in hoops. Keep it right here. The Montana Basketball Hour presented by the Advocates rolls on. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Radio. Oh man. This one, bad, this, one, this one hurts because I know there's a lot of people around this part of the world for sure. But, I mean, I don't know. Is, is there any more sort of well-liked band than than the Foo Fighters? I mean, there's very few people out there that's like, oh, I just I hate those guys. You might not like be totally into them, but I think that most people at least kind of like them. But terrible news over the weekend. Taylor Hawkins, the longtime drummer of the Foo Fighters, uh, dead at the age of 50. So... Big time bummer. You got a few, I mean, what a life of tragedy that Dave Grohl has lived uh, from being in Nirvana and, and the demise and ultimate suicide of Kurt Cobain and then uh, Taylor Hawkins gone too soon. But uh, Dave Grohl, one of the, the great creative minds in all of America. So I, I know that he will be back at it. What a what an unbelievable career despite all the tragedy uh, that he's had. Duan is now ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television. Coulter Nuana is coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. We are doing all the sports all the time, all the way around the state of Montana and around the Big Sky Conference right now. It's part of what usually is our Montana Basketball Hour. It'll go between Montana Basketball, Montana Football, Montana Sports Hour here these next couple months. But it's probably presented by the Advocates. If you've been in an accident, you probably have a ton of questions. The Advocates have the answers. You can call 406 640 4444 and get the help you deserve 
today. So Andrew Houghton and I, our producer Andrew, uh, was uh, w- we've been going back and forth. Who do we think are the Grizz and Bobcat men's and women's basketball MVPs and defensive player of the years it, it, w- within the scope of the team, the the internal awards. So the last category we had left was players we're most excited to watch develop or, or that we think could take a huge jump this offseason just based on uh, potential and otherwise uh, for both the Grizz and Bobcat men's and women's basketball teams. So uh, let's start with the Lady Grizz, Andrew. Uh, which player for Montana are you most excited to see grow this offseason? I think they've got a couple really good candidates, which says a lot about sort of where that team is and maybe the potential that they have. Sure. I think the obvious candidate is Haley Heward. That's exactly who, who I had down Started as well. all season as a freshman, had some big games, showed that she wasn't scared of it. Great shooter. We'll see how she develops those other parts of the game because that's really what she was this year. She was all a spot-up shooter, spotting up in the corner, spotting up in the wings for Sophia Styles to drive and kick or Abby Anderson to kick out of the post. They had they had a hard time keeping her on the court down the stretch run because of her defensive stuff. That's I don't, right. And I don't think it's because of a lack of a, ability. I think it's just purely uh, learning. But I think that's where she's going to continue to get better as a shot maker because she's obviously put in the work already. She's obviously a gymnast. She has a beautiful shot. Right. And so I, I think that just being able to stay on the court to take more shots is the key for her. Yeah, deep cut for the Lady Grizz here, Danny Barch, who I think is all of the physical talent in the world. No question. I think that Danny Barsh, um, this is only people that are are from the state of Montana that have seen her play other sports will agree with me. Other people might think I'm crazy. I actually think she has among the most athletic upside and the most athletic potential of any player in the Big Sky Conference. Because I actually think that she's playing, she has a twin sister who's a starter at Boise State in volleyball, Paige Barsh, who was an amazing volleyball player. But Danny Barsh basically chose to go to Montana and chose to play basketball to sort of differentiate herself from her sister. It's pretty You're a pretty crazy athlete if your second best sport is basketball and you're still D1. I just think she has unbelievable talent. Yeah, 6'2". She's really coordinated, really long, uh, great athlete. So I think both of those two, I mean, the, the development track for those two could sort of shape the future of this Grizz program for multiple years to come. Uh, I totally agree. And so I think that that's a good one. Okay, so how about uh, for the Grizz men? I said Linnell Martin, and I can explain my reasoning for it, but I, I'm sure you have a different answer here. I have a different answer because my answer is the guy who I thought was the MVP of the team. I thought it's Josh Bannon. It's a great answer. I think if Josh Bannon puts, if Josh Bannon makes the jump he made from freshman to sophomore year, from sophomore to junior year, he's absolutely in the in the conversation as one of the three or four best players in the league, and that's what the Grizz need. We've been talking about youth and all this stuff. The Grizz, for most of the last 45 years, have just had one or two or three and sometimes as many as four of the best players in the league. But you could almost always guarantee you that the Grizz best player was going to be one of the best players in the big sky. Josh Bannon was a good player. He's second team all league as a sophomore for sure, but he was still probably not quite even in the top six or seven players in the league. If he could get to the top three or four, though, now Montana's is a legitimate title contender again. And he definitely has that potential because we've seen the pace of his improvement throughout even just the sophomore year for him. I mean, he went from a, a big question mark at the beginning of the season along with those other couple sophomores to being, like I said, I thought kind of the guy and pretty obviously the guy at the end of the season. Just a little bit. I, I just didn't want Josh Bannon to be the answer for three out of four categories because sure. we had him as MVP. I knew I was going to have him as most improved. I think Linnell Martin's a good one because... 
You know, this could have almost have been like a finding his feet year for him. A guy sure. who came out of junior college and had a high pedigree coming out of high school, had some some injuries, some academic problems coming out of high school, sort of played the JUCO route for a couple of years, came in and he played himself into a little bit bigger role. He was the first guard off the bench at the end of the year for Montana. But he's a guy who I think has more in there, and he's a guy who now going into, I believe, his senior year, he might be getting a COVID extra. I'm he not, might I'm he might sure. have two years left, but he's I think he's going into his what would be his senior year. Those are the kinds of guys that you want to take a step forward, and I think there is a lot of uh, more space in there for him to handle the ball more. I mean, like Haley Heward, he was doing a lot of spot-up shooting, a lot of cutting off picks and stuff. I just think there's more potential in there for him. And you mentioned that your your Bobcat player for women was uh, Leah Beattie. I think that's a really good one. Also, Ma- Caitlin Lamardo. I had in there. Lamardo's good, too. Mine is probably one you didn't even think of because I know you're still sort of familiarizing with all of the, the fine details of this. But mine is Lindsey Hine. Lindsey Hine redshirted last year at Montana State. Lindsey Hine is a true 6'6". And she's from Forsyth, Montana. And she committed to the Bobcats when she was a sophomore, the summer after her sophomore year of high school. I remember the first time I ever saw her play, I thought, wow, if she ever learns how to do anything from a basketball standpoint, she's going to be a problem. But right now, she can't do anything. Well, her junior year, she became, like, functional. She could, like, catch and, you know, do a drop step, hook shot off the glass, and, you know, put her hands straight up on defense and block some shots. Well, by her senior year, she'd blossomed into a Big Ten caliber recruit. The Bobcats had to fight off Iowa and Nebraska to get her. And then she stayed with her commitment and came to Montana State. And then I don't know if this is a uh, – it's, it's hard to say an injury is ever a stroke of luck, but she had some sort of stress fracture or something wrong with her foot. And so she was she had a red shirt this year. And so she was in a boot, so she probably didn't get to practice very much. But what she was when she was a sophomore to what she was when she's a senior – now in a true college training program, I just think that her sky is the limit because, like, by the time she, at the end of her senior year, she could she could hit like seventeen foot jump shots. If she can do that at the college level at six six, forget about it. She's going to be an all conference player almost instantly at Montana State. I love that deep cut. The problem is stress fra- stress fractures for bigs is for sort sure. of a, oh for sure. It's a foot injury box. Yeah, foot injuries are bad. All right, we're up against it. But last one, uh, Bobcat men, guys, you want to see or can't wait to grow in the offseason. For me, it's one guy alone. It's Raekwon Battle. Raekwon Battle's right up there. He's the guy like Bannon. That's maybe one of the best three players in the league if he hits his potential. If he does, for sure, no question. For me, also, great Osibor, who we saw take steps forwards this season as Jabril Bellow's backup. I think the next step for him, and this is kind of a really good situation for him, I think they're going to have to do some creative stuff with guys like Bishop leaving. For sure. He's going to have to play in two big lineups with Bellow this year a lot more than just coming in for him whenever uh, Bellow gets in foul trouble. That should open up a lot of uh, uh, parts of his game that a lot of bigs don't don't get to work on. And I don't want to imply anything here, but he is also probably the greatest insurance policy in the league because I'm not saying Jabril Bell's going anywhere, but I absolutely guarantee a lot of people are going to call him. And so if by chance he is floating leaving or he does leave, they got a bona fide real big. I mean, I think that if Osabar fulfills his potential, he'll be one of the better bigs in the league as a sophomore. And and his potential, his true potential, is to be the next Bellow. I don't think right. he's, I don't think he's as, as explosive, but uh, he could definitely be uh, a dominant force. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. 
We're not going to get to some of the around the big sky stuff in this hour, but we'll get back to it in the next hour. But we're going to talk all the way around the world of sports, starting with big sky conference stuff and talking final four world cup baseball and the new series on HBO, which I've much been enjoying winning time all about the Los Angeles Lakers. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. Nuan is now ESPN radio. Keep it right here. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia when you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore. You can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 